On this episode of Deep Thrones, we review Winter is Coming. We discuss the powder keg that is the king's visit to Winterfell. We dive into the definition of incest while I attempt to dive into that tub with Daenerys. And we all can pray to the old gods and the new that Sims teaches us a thing or two about Westeros, plus many more hilarious segments. Winter is here. All right, so um, Sheedy said it first. Uh, this is Sims. Uh, my partner, John Sheedy, gave us the intro. Today we're reviewing uh, the first episode of the whole series, Winter is Coming. Um, so we'll go ahead and jump into the first scene. In this first scene, we see a few men of the Night's Watch going north of the wall. Um, we don't really necessarily know at this point that they're in the Night's Watch, but you know, most of you guys are seasoned viewers, so... We'll kind of yeah. just give that the benefit of the doubt. But the White Walkers bu burst onto the scene um, after one of these Night's Watchmen kind of discovers uh, what he thinks are dead wildlings. And then the bodies move, which if you watch a horror movie, you know that if bodies are moving from where you last saw them dead, it's probably not good. Um, but anyways, White Walkers bust on the scene, blood and guts everywhere. Only mm. one of them makes it out alive and kind of escapes and runs south. Yeah, and, and he's with these two guys who are who think he's just, like, lying, too. They're like, well, there weren't any bodies here, man, because the bodies aren't there when, of course, he shows the other two guys where they were. Uh -huh. And then mm -hmm. next thing you know, those cocky guys are getting slayed all over town, just swords going through limbs and heads rolling to feet. And like you said, that guy yes. heads south to uh, greener pastures, where, of course, there is this wall that separates the north where these so-called white walkers live mm -hmm. in the south huge where wall, massive huge wall, wall massive okay. everybody's paying for it and uh that's <laughs> where the white walkers live on the north side of that and they're supposedly an extinct creature at least that's what people think or, or some people think it's a folklore that never existed mm -hmm. but from there then mm -hmm. we're introduced to a family that will reverberate throughout this series for every season and that is the stark family we're introduced Basically, they do a quick rundown of who all the Starks are in, in the scene where you were introduced to them. You see the father, you see the kids doing a little archery. We're introduced to Bran, who's a young son, Arya, Rob. You, you're introduced to Ned's bastard, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And Bran's actually doing some uh, archery practice and just misses a few targets. Yeah, he's bad. And, and, and Arya comes in and just like hits it on her first on her Threads first the needle. It's sort of like when a backup QB comes in and just takes over the job. It's, it's really like Nick Foles just won in the Super Bowl. Nick Foles is a big, big, yeah, big, big takeover big there. Dick <laughs> big Dick Nick. And then, and then, and then uh, yeah. So we, we at the next scene we kind of uh, get introduced to the to the king and and his entire royal party. Um, so you got the whole royal family there: King Robert, Big Honcho. Um, you got Cersei rolling in, her two brothers that are Lannisters. Um, you see the Hound, uh, you know Robert and Cersei's kids. So basically, mm -hmm. the whole royal party rolls in. Um, it, there's deep, a lot and, to and, it and too. Big, yeah, I mean the big significance of it is you know. You have to keep in mind that King's Landing is, you know, a few weeks, maybe, you know, even a couple months away as far as, like, the time travel that it takes to get there. Yeah. So, you know, horseback. he's not going to come up there if there's not something huge that he wants to talk about. And also, you're kind of, you start to see, and Sims is the seasoned Thrones vet, and he introduced me to Game of Thrones and, and got me into it. And for episode one, you're introduced to the fact that there are, 
there's the king and then there are kind of wardens and lords of certain areas that are like governors and mayors and mm -hmm. ned is kind of the overseer of the north specifically winterfell which is his home and before the king even arrives ned catches that deserter and has to cut off his head so he has that right. authority over that area uh and this is a great scene where ned brings his family and all his sons including bran who who early on is just a little wuss and he uh, and they force Bran to watch as the dad sentences the man to die and cuts off his head. And then you're introduced to Robert, who is kind of his boss. So he's like the boss of the boss, mm -hmm. the king. And big, big, uh, big line there. You know, when he asks Bran, "Do you know why I had to cut his head off?" Yep. And you know, he goes because the the man who passes the sentence should should you know perform the execution. Yeah, he who he who, he who passes the sentence there, swings but, the sword. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You got it. You yeah, got it. you're, you're yeah. the details guy. You were I'll super just... close. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, in our next scene here, uh, we go across the narrow sea. Ooh. We get our first glimpse of the last surviving Targaryens, mm. uh, Viserys and Daenerys. Daenerys, yes, Daenerys and, Targaryen. Uh, oof. Yeah, you, oh yeah, big uh, shout out Amelia mm. Clark. I know you're a big listener. Yeah, um, winner. Winner was very close in this scene. Winner was so. Oof. Yeah, winter was extremely close. Winter was close. Also, it was right there. You realize you realize how creepy it is when Viserys, her older brother, is just like casually taking off her, yeah. her gown. He disrobes her. her boob. And he's yeah, like, because he's kinda he's weird. presenting her to somebody to marry her off because he's trying to regain the throne. You start to learn the backstory right. of how the Targaryens used to own the throne, but Robert and Ned led a rebellion against Daenerys' father. Uh, overthrew him they took it over and now these targaryens are kind of uh exiled i would say off and they're trying to come back and reclaim what they think they have a birthright to and we're introduced to mm -hmm. daenerys her brother and it's weird to remove clothes back then on women you had to remove the fabric on their shoulder like an inch to the left and the clothes just fucking <laughs> poof, blew away just, just long one gone little, one little brush yeah. one little brush yeah. and, clothing and that's it and it's just gone just completely butt naked and nowadays to remove a bra i have to like know a code the launch codes to the nukes to get it off uh I mean, and if I, you're not doing if you're not doing consistent forearm workouts then you're not you're not getting it no off. you're not getting off yeah. i just do that thing where it's like it's cooler if you do it also, yeah, how, I mean, how am I going to pay for it's this? More economical. <laughs> it's, it's more efficient. You know, everyone's yeah. happier. If you, yeah. do you do it yourself and I'll do it myself and we'll see what happens kind of thing. But so he, <laughs> she gets naked, he leaves, and it's just like a scene where she's just like standing there naked. And one of my favorite parts about it is the camera like pans down from behind, basically just to show you her butt. And that's when I Definitely knew that this was a show. This was that's when I knew this was a show for me. Oh, not one of my favorite parts. It's number one, Daenerys Targaryen. Uh, big fan. <laughs> that's when winter. That's when winter finally came all over yeah. the place. And then we're introduced to the Cal of the Dothraki. Oh, winter was who? But we're introduced to Cal Drogo of the Dothrakis, and this is the man, the king of this Dothraki, kind of a wild horde type. Uh, not as. Um, governed as king's landing but they still got their policies absolute, absolute badass um kind of mm. reminiscent of mongolians back in the day in genghis khan definitely um, drogo basically to become the leader of these people you have to be one of the most badass people you can't be defeated yeah. in battle drogo no. has not been no um so really it's just all through fear and strength that he got that position definitely and, uh, that's danny's betrothed for the you know for so Viserys gets his army basically definitely bitches love Drogo and they're marrying Danny off to Drogo this is who it is that the you know he rides up and he just like stares at her 
and then drives away and the brother like runs down the stairs like oh did he like her and the guy is like a uh, his his uh assistant is like oh yeah he liked her if he Ooh, didn't yeah. we would have known yeah yeah, oh, Bal- yeah valerio and then so we we go back up to the north in westeros um we see really this is where king robert asks ask uh ned stark yeah. to be the hand it's a big um, scene it's really it's i mean knowing ned stark's character as such a loyal and you know uh dedicated person there's no chance that he's going to turn this down rob was his um, friend stark, they overthrew a king together yeah yep i mean they they basically they essentially grew up together in the Vale under john aaron um, when John Aaron dies, who was Robert's previous hand, we'll see that um, later on. Yeah. But and hand of the king is like a secretary of the state, kind of. It's like your right hand guy who helps mm-hmm. you with your affairs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, pretty much in, in Robert's case, the hand pretty much runs the kingdom because all Robert does is whore and drink. Yeah, he just um, so, banging and drinking. So the <laughs> spanging and banging. So the root the, of the uh, tarot. The the hand is the most important uh, position in the kingdom at this point in time. Ned knows yeah. all that. Ned yeah. knows that. Um, it's Robert like me in high school. My hand was uh, I needed it. Well, I mean, without in high school, it, I, I still. I mean, shit. You know, my hand's still pretty important to this day. True. That's true. It's true. Cash and checks and. Uh, but so we also <laughs> learn a lot about Joffrey. <laughs> Joffrey is uh, Robert Baratheon, the king's son, who he has with Cersei Lannister. Mm-hmm. The Lannisters, big, mm-hmm. powerful family, fund everything. You're introduced to Cersei, her brother Jamie, their uh, dwarf imp brother Tyrion. And uh, Joffrey mm-hmm. is going to be married off to Ned's daughter, Sansa, which is a huge loss for Sansa because she could do better. She's a smoke show. It grows up to be a smoke show. At this point, she's an illegal yeah, smoke show. Yeah. <laughs> but Joffrey, though, uh, at every point is a weasel. So never a good trade-off for her. Unfair. It's like when you see those couples and you're like, wow, she's gorgeous. That guy must have money. Or just a massive hammer pee-pee. That's true. Well, Joffrey, though, come on, no way he had a hammer yeah, pee-pee. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, he's, no, got, he had a, he's got a little man syndrome. He, he had a Lego, yeah. Uh, and then from so, there, great scene with Tyrion, right? And Snow. Yeah, so so this is when uh, Tyrion and Jon Snow first meet each other. And when we Turns really are introduced to, pretty... to Snow. Right, yeah. I mean, this is this is our first taste of both characters as far as like some good dialogue that we get. Yeah, this is our um, first time we've tasted Kit Harington's character, Jon Snow. Well, I mean, we, <laughs> speak for yourself. I've, I've uh, tasted Kit a couple times. I, I would have, I'd break me off a piece of that Kit Cat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so get some good dialogue here before Tyr- or with Tyrion and John. Basically, Tyrion's kind of poking at John for being a bastard, and John's you know being his standard '90s grunge teen. Ooh, guy, like, yeah, don't talk to me, Kurt Cobain. And uh, Tyrion's like, yo, you know if there's one thing that you got to know like just don't deny who you are like yeah people are gonna give you shit for it but you just gotta you, Tyrion's you just actually gotta awesome he like fucked yeah. with him but then he was like whoa i'm just playing around man i get it i'm a dwarf i'm i'm a bastard in my father's eyes and we learned down the line yeah. that's very true the lannisters are a tight-knit family and Tyrion is the black sheep of that family they kind of treat him like Absolutely. complete shit and he also you 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 don't like the Lannisters, you like Tyrion. And again, it's a long se- series, things change, ebbs and flows, but at this point, Jamie and Cersei are like douchebags, and Tyrion is like the redeeming quality of the family. 
Right. And then the next scene we get here, and this turns out to be one of the most crucial moments in the show. Mm. Um, Ned Stark and uh, Catelyn Stark receive a letter from her sister in the Vale. That's right. And basically the letter implicates the Lannisters for plotting to kill Jon Arryn, who was, right. you know, Rose's wife and hand to hand of the king. So that, that pretty much sparks off what was already a rocky relationship between the Lannisters and Starks. Yeah. And, you know, has huge implications to even start, you know, problems with the royal family, you know, with the Baratheons and the Lannisters as well. Especially because so of Ned. Really, uh, His connection to Rob, he's tight with Rob. And now that he sees that there's yeah. this whole threat of, you know, the, the Lannisters are willing to do whatever it takes to seize control... This pretty much seals mm -hmm. the fate that Ned will go to King's Landing just to have Rob's back. Yep. Exactly. And and we'll find out later that this seals the fate of a lot of important characters at this time. Yeah. Uh, Robert really and Ned. Robert and Ned are like old college roommates that used to do like barrel stands together. And, you know, they'd get into trouble together. They'd get out of trouble together. They, they're old. Ale. Yeah. They, oh, man. Just, you know, ale pong, the whole thing. And well, yeah, I mean they probably they probably played Okie Cookie together a couple times. Back definitely, in college, you know, back at, uh, Winterfell University, Winterfell, Winterfell State, State University. Winterfell State. Yeah, and that's <laughs> you know these guys came up together, so it's it's kind of like if you all of a sudden were like, were, you know, got a big position in D.C. and then you were like, yo, I'm pretty sure people are out to get me. I need you to have my back. You know, I would respectfully decline, but I'd think about it. You'd decline my invitation to come have my DC back and... doesn't appeal to me. I like Chicago. Dude, come on, man! You got you got the Wizards out there. You got dude, it's the capital. You got the Capitals. You got I don't even Ooh. know who else is out there. The Bullets, the, the, the Washington Bullets Redskins, the Bullets. It's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we don't. Th this is a. Uh, this, this is a racism-free uh, podcast. Friendly podcast. Yeah. yeah so we don't. True. We don't use that that's word true. around here. Yeah, but we. But yeah, I I wouldn't do it. But Ned, though, is way more—he's <laughs> way more uh, loyal than I am. And back then, back then, it was weird. It was like your word was everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I told my fiance I'd do the dishes a week ago, and there they sit. You know. But back then, I would have done those dishes the second I said I would do them. Well, if you were Ned, but you know, you'll find out in, the, in this Game of Thrones world that a lot of people go back on their word a lot. That's true. Um, but anyway, so our next our next scene here, we cross the narrow sea again. We actually fa fast forward to the wedding of Daenerys and Khal Drogo. Yeah. Pretty wild event. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just uh, there's people killing each other. There's people smanging like right in the middle of the wedding. Yeah. You got like hella gifts being presented to the to the bride and groom but yeah. one of the most important gifts that we see is Illyrio walks up and gives Daenerys three dragon eggs that three dragon at this eggs. point in time are supposed to be you know first of all dragons are extinct at this point in time so these dragon eggs are supposed to be basically stone yep um not not live dragons by any means but you know if if you know we, we know where that goes eventually but yeah yeah is that's a different conversation for a different time uh but so yeah this wedding's going on you're seeing all this mayhem this carnage you're really starting to get an idea of uh you see daenerys's reaction she's not enjoying it her brother is literally just marrying her off to get the dothraki army because he plans to wage a war on king's landing to take control of westeros and the seven kingdoms he believes he has a birthright to the throne right which he technically mm -hmm. legit argument 
But there's a lot of people who believe they have a birthright. And then in this show, you'll see that becomes a sticky situation very quick. Um, Mm -hmm. But the wedding itself, outrageous. People are getting killed, and and I've never seen anything like it. And you get a great line from Magister Lirio when he turns to Viserys and he goes, yeah, the Thraki wedding is considered a dull affair if there's not at least three deaths. Right. And that's when you that's when you really get a sense of how yeah. fucking nuts the Dothraki yeah. are. Same thing um, for a sheety Thanksgiving. It's really dull unless there are three to four just good deaths and the Lions lose on Thanksgiving football. See, I was, was going to say more like a Chicago 4th of July. I'm just mm. like... Good, True. <laughs> True. Good 10 to 15 people dying at the wedding. But Yeah. Um, and then the news is yeah. like, it's warm out again. <laughs> is that weird um, correlation? <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, Dothraki it's, it's, is it's really warm. Winter's, it's when yeah. winter's over. You know, people get out of the winter depression. Yeah. Stop watching Game of Thrones and... That's right. Go out there. But in our next scene here, uh, we get uh, we get some we get some incestual smanging going on incestual smanging do 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 it's his uh you know a little incestual healing do 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 it's kind of weird kind of weird um yeah you see just jamie just behind rod and cersei just hitting it from behind the town yeah and and the focus of the scene is really on brand because he's climbing he's doing his he can like, climb brand's a climber yeah yeah you know he's getting all getting climbing all over the place his mom told him not to climb but you know he's again he's he's, he's a yeah. teenager well he's not a teenager he's a kid so he's he not hits her with that bitch stop time. me yeah he's like if you don't want me to <laughs> climb then come up here and make me stop kind of thing and then so he, I don't know what, I mean, he must have been looking, uh, he heard some smanging going on, but he didn't know <laughs> he what heard, was going on. I he mean, heard that noise that sounds like there's wet flippers, uh, like, bopping around, like that. Yeah. And he's like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's just like, he's just like, what's going on up there? And he climbs this, like, dilapidated tower, which, first off, just hilarious that Jamie Lannister takes his sister there and is like, yo, look at this romantic, shitty tower. But I guess when you're when you're incestuous, you got to find any little hidden area you can you to smang. Places, yeah. To smang, yeah. And so basically, Bran hears some Pornhub going on in another room, and he wants yep. to go see what's up. He climbs and... up that tower, and there's a stained glass window that's like, you must be 21 years or older to enter. And he like was nervous <laughs> for a second, but then he's like, I'll just delete my history, and he's like, enter. Yeah, he just went into incognito mode. The incognito window. In yep. And then, Unfortunately, so, though, not incognito. He was caught. Yeah, he got he got caught real bad. He clicked on the wrong pop up. Is really that's what right. Happened. He clicked on one of those weird things on the side that has like a dragon banging a girl, and it's like you'll come immediately. And you're like, well, what's this all about? <laughs> yeah, we we we've all made that mistake, right? Yeah, you're like, well, I need I I'm running late, so I'll take the immediate option. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Bran. Hot local mobs within 20 miles. Yeah, yeah. Brand sees them smanging, and and bad shit happens. And then, you know, basically, Jamie, or Cersei catches him out of the corner of her eye. Yeah. And Jamie walks up, grabs him, is like, yo, like, what did you see? And And he's like, like, well. He's like, well, I saw saw a lot of your ass and not a lot of hers. Yeah, she's like fully uh, clothed and upsetting. Yeah, I'm, well, yeah, it's it's a little early in the day for busting out titties, I think. That's true. But, That's true. Uh, 
But yeah, so anyways, uh, Jamie just kind of boots Bran out the window and decides that he can't live after what he saw. Yep. And that's that's where the episode comes to an end. But I mean, yeah. really, really sad moment to end on. I mean, the kid was just trying to get his rocks off. And yeah, the last two up. scenes are rough because you see an incestuous royal family, and one of which is married mm -hmm. to the king. And a guy mm -hmm. push a child out a window. And the scene directly before that, Khal Drogo, after the wedding, uh, has his uh, bedding ceremony with, oh, with yeah, Daenerys. Right. And Daenerys becomes the Khaleesi. And she's bawling as he disrobes her. And that's really uncomfortable. Yeah, a scene where a guy is disrobing a woman and she's bawling is never a good scene. You're never having fun watching that. Yeah. And then he just, like, she's bawling and he, like, romantically just, like, fucking bends her over with his huge hands. And that's how the scene ends. And you're just like, oh. You're like, hopefully this ends on a more positive note. Cut straight to a kid flying out a window. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's standard Game of Thrones for you right there. Yeah. Every time stuff's going good in an episode... There's going to be some fucked up shit. Yeah. But, I mean, really unfortunate scene with Kyle Drago and, and Khaleesi there. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I kind of, a bone pick that I have with the with the show writers is. Yeah. In the books, I picked a couple bones yeah. that episode. Well, hopefully not on any of those last two scenes. Nope. <laughs> but the show writers actually made this scene uh, and kind of took it into a aggressive you know, assault translation of what actually happened in the books yeah in the books you, you're you're reading from danny's point of view and she's actually like really psyched i mean by the time that they Ooh. ride out by themselves to to go smang uh, george r. r martin's like describing like how wet she was and stuff and like i mean she was she was she was ready to go it was a completely consensual scene in the book as opposed to in the show. I don't know why the show writers decided to take it that way, but I really just don't... I don't agree with that translation of what happened there. No, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I'd much rather she would have been into it. And also, I would have rather it was filmed in, like, a POV style from Khal Drogo's perspective. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, maybe... Maybe, uh, maybe get... Maybe, yeah, well... And anyways, she's, like, we'll super into... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and then, uh, so that's basically the episode review right there um, from start mm -hmm. to finish it's a lot with, with, you know this is season one episode one winner is coming and we'll do you know the episodes from there but you, whenever you do mm -hmm. a first episode of a show you have to introduce the characters without it becoming right. annoying and this did a really good job of introducing them and immediately kicking off some heavy action like Sims told you guys the scene where you find out Aaron's dead and they think the Lannisters did it and Baratheon needs him as the hand of the king. This sets off eight seasons worth of important shit, basically. Yep. Of, of very dramatic. And, and, you know, when you're first watching this at the time, you have no idea what any mm -hmm. of that means. You know? And, no. But, like, when you go back and rewatch, you see, like, oh, damn. Basically, the whole show started off from the from the events in the, that they were referring to in this episode yeah the first so it's episode really cool to go back yeah it's really yeah. cool to go back and and look at that so shitty let me ask you this on a scale of one to ten what what are you rating winter is coming episode winter one? is coming episode one as far as like okay so i so sims was a huge fan got me into it he said you have to watch it so i watch it right and i'm a skeptic i'm not going into it expecting you know it to be the next family matters or whatever but i thought it would be good 
and <laughs> I see the first episode, it blew me away from the very start. Uh, absolutely blew me away. And uh, first family matters. I didn't even catch that. What he said. Irk, dude. Urkel's still number one in my heart. But yeah, so yeah, I give it. I, I give it as far uh, as first episodes of other shows would go. This is probably one of the best ones I've seen. I would give it, you know, a ten in that regard when comparing it to there. When comparing it to mm -hmm. episodes further down the line in Thrones, it's a solid seven because it sets all that stuff up. But you will be blown away by some of the episodes you will see on this show. And it makes this show mm -hmm. look like crap, even though this this episode, I should say, look like crap, even though this episode is amazing. It sets it all up. So mm -hmm. in reference to other shows, uh, uh, pilots, 10. In reference to the rest of this show's other episodes, solid seven. I, I, I can respect that. For me, when I first started watching, to be honest, I, I had trouble getting through this episode. I, I tried three times to watch this episode. The first two times I fell asleep, and then mm. the third time I actually got through it. Um, so for, for me at the time when I was first viewing it, I'd probably give this episode a, a hard six, probably. Nice. Um, which- Because of that Khaleesi you know, I mean, scene, it's a hard six, yeah. Well, I mean, speak for yourself on the six. I think I think we're going a little higher. If we're talking about me, but um, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I'm going hard six as far as like the first time I actually viewed it. But going back and rewatching it and like noticing how the show writers and directors really put all this stuff into the episode and appreciating how well you know they did it where it really yeah. sets up the whole rest of the series you know from that from, from that perspective I, I give this you know a nine and a half you read the books first correct no I actually I watched the watched show the series first, first. And then read the book. that's the mm -hmm. thing that the risk that the show writers would run with any show and it was what I was telling you is the first episode especially in the, a series like this you have to jam in a lot of information while still introducing the characters in all of the relationships right. it's tough and that's probably why people would fall asleep per se in the first episode because there's a lot of stuff being thrown at you but it it once you go further it's the thing i tell everybody the pilot tends to be the weakest episode of a series because of that and once you go you right. always should watch a show at least two to three episodes before you make a judgment on it and this show by the end of episode one you're kind of like oh okay yeah let's do this you know what i mean so right. that's that's kind of yeah. the the nod i give so uh what do you say chris you want to get into some segments or Let's let's hit some segments. First right. one, first one up, uh, best line slash Yas Queen. Yep. Uh, Shady, you want to explain kind of what our oh, for show sure. goers here? Show enough, homie. Uh, so best line is uh, the line that we thought had the most power within the episode, and then Yas Queen is the sassiest line. So for me, the best line is "He who passes the sentence swings the sword." Because I feel like that shows the honor of Ned Stark. Again, he's executing someone and cutting their head off for deserting their post at the Night's Watch, which we learned more about mm -hmm. the Night's Watch later on. That was the guy at the beginning who went past the wall and saw the White Walkers. But it shows you that in a world of backstabbers, kingslayers, people who go back on oaths, that Ned Stark, uh, you know, take him or leave him for what he is, actually, you know, he, he had honor. And I give him respect for that. And mm -hmm. my Yas Queen line is... Uh, Valerio, when the Dothraki are late, the brothers like, oh, where are they? And he's like, the Dothraki are not known for their punctuality. I love that because that was like a huge like stereotype back then. And to think that even in a fantasious world, we cannot escape racism. To me, that that is a Yas Queen line. Yeah, I mean, those are two great lines. The first one, 
about the execution. Yeah. That, that that line also has major implications going on in later episodes of the show, so you can tell that it's really It follows the Stark line. family. It follows his kids, the Starks and yeah. himself. The Starks really stand by that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, well, you know, I mean, if, if we're going to talk about people being late, you know, what, I guess what people, group of people would you apply that to, you know, in 2018, if, if, if you had to take a guess? Uh, late sleepers, Chris, late sleepers, people who miss their alarms. Late sleepers? Late people okay. who miss their yeah. alarms. Not, no, no race. I don't see color. You know, I don't even, I don't even set an alarm because I just wake up so early and I'm everywhere on time. Yeah. So... It really just comes natural to me to just show up on time all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's not true. (laughs) What is your What's your best best line? line. (laughs) So my best line: shit. All dwarves are bastards in their father's eyes. Uh, Mm. Tyrion Lannister in that scene that we were talking about earlier with him and Jon Snow. I think this is where you really. First of all, Tyrion's self-awareness here is just off the charts. You see, you know, kind of the opposite of him in Jon Snow, where he's in denial, like, oh, don't call me a bastard. Like, right. Uh, and then Tyrion's like, yo, you got to take it and own it and, and, you know, go from there. So I thought that was a really good line, especially in the context that it was giving in. Giving in. Yeah. My next, yeah. Uh, my Yas Queen is actually the scene at the very end of the episode Jamie Lannister says the things we do for love mm. right before he just 300 Spartan kicks Bran out the window. Yeah, Bran. Uh, yeah, that, that, that line yeah. really hits home for me because, you know, we, we, we all do some things that we normally wouldn't do for love. No, yeah. I mean, it's three, 300 kicking a kid out of the window. Probably, it's extreme. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably where I draw the line, but yeah. I mean the, the line's pretty close to that. Of course, Meatloaf Meatloaf wrote an entire song about it, the things we do for love. You know, oh Meatloaf, what what a guy, great R- guy, R.I.P. Meatloaf. Yeah, he's not dead, Chris. <laughs> well, he's, he's dead to me. So. Yeah, it's true. His career his career is, but he I think is still kicking. But uh, yeah, R.I.P. Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Meatloaf, oh. Meatloaf. Next uh, next segment, Chris, is Westeros History Minute. This is where Chris teaches us a thing or two about Westeros. Ooh, so, all right. I, I picked a pretty good story here, I think. Um, this story kind of precedes where we're at in the storyline right now. But basically, it's about Ned Stark's dad and his brother visiting Daenerys' dad, who's the Mad King. Uh, the Targaryens were still on the throne at the time. And the whole purpose of the visit is to go and get Lyanna Stark back, Ned's, Ned's sister, back from uh, Rhaegar Targaryen, which was, you know, parentheses, or quote, kidnapped. And he was the prince, right? Rhaegar? Yeah, so Rhaegar was... He was the was, son of the Mad King. Son. Mm-hmm. So Daenerys is way older brother. Right, yep. Da- Daenerys is uh, oldest brother. One of those one of those so, brothers that's like somehow 20 years older than <laughs> where you're kind of like, oh, it's yeah. one of those families. <laughs> well, the, well, they didn't call him the Mad King for no reason. He was throwing that mad dick around everywhere. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah good for him. So, uh, but anyway, so Lyanna gets kidnapped at a tournament by, by Rhaegar, um, and Rickard Stark and Brandon Stark go down there to request from the Mad King that her son or that his son give her back. So they go down to King's Landing, 
uh, they burst into the you know the, the the king's room, the throne room, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And the Mad King basically ends up taking Ned Stark's dad prisoner, tying him up uh, in his in his knight's armor above a pyre, and they have Brandon Stark on the opposite side of the room with a choking device around his neck. Kinky. Um, and set and and gives him the key to untie his to untie his dad. Yeah. And goes, hey, um, you know, try to make it across the room to untie your dad. And oh yeah, I'm gonna set this pyre on fire so he yeah. cooks in his own armor. Yeah. So um, you don't really know that in the in the show, but that's additional info provided the for the books yeah. from Chris, that's, who read the books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was actually that that story. Uh, I, I can't remember if that was in the in the Song of Ice and Fire books or if that was in the World of Ice and Fire encyclopedia sort of deal, but um, you fucking nerd. But yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm the nerd here, John. All right, who? All right, you know what? I'm not even getting in. I'm not even getting. That's that that's for a different podcast. That's for a different day. Well, different we podcast. have plenty of episodes to rip on each other. This is just episode one. Let's let's at least be cordial for the fans. But I think so, George yeah, so R. R. Martin, yeah. George R. R. Martin definitely like just saw Saw, saw the movie Saw, and was like, "Oh, this would be great in one of my books. I'm gonna throw that in there." Some weird jigsaw type torture shit. Yeah, that's why he just decided to throw that story in before the actual book started because he was like, "Oh yeah, Saw just came out. I want yeah. I want to put this in somehow." Yeah. Saw's hit the hit movie right now. Yeah. So Chris, this next one is called Thrones for Dummies. Again, guys, Sims is the pro. I'm new to Thrones. My knowledge of it is strictly show. So I'm going to challenge him each week with a little quiz, a little question that I come up with, uh, mostly for my own learning, but also just to see what his knowledge is like. So Chris, Thrones for Dummies, all I want, name the seven kingdoms. Okay. So let's we'll start from north to south. So we got the north. All right. Smart okay. ass. We got the Riverlands, we got the Vale, we got the Westerlands, we got the Reach, we have Dorne, and I'm missing one. What am I missing there? I don't know. Is King's Landing? No. Oh, the Stormlands. Duh. Stormlands, there you go. yeah. Seven. There's seven. Yeah. You got them. Good. There's seven. Yeah. We got you didn't think about it. This is I, and you also... know what's funny about that, actually? Um, there's So now there's the Crownlands, right? Which I guess weren't one of the original seven kingdoms because right. King's Landing wasn't always there. Yeah, it's like Puerto so Rico. that kind of throws me off. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you also have the Iron Islands, which I guess also aren't considered part of the original seven kingdoms, but they've always been there. Yeah, so, you know, the Virgin kinda Islands. Kind of gets a little thrown off there, but... Yeah, you, you, you learn know. about all these areas, and you're kind of like, wait, so that's not part of the Seven Kingdoms, like the Iron Bank and Marine and all that. Well, that's for a different day. We're not even there yet, folks. We're not trying to overload yeah, well, you that's, here. that's across the Narrow Sea. It's across but, the Narrow you know. Sea, guys. It's, yeah, it's out of sight, out of mind at this point. But also what's interesting is, like, the north and the south is almost like the north and south of America. In the north, you get, like, that wintry kind of rugged people. In the south, it's, like, always sunny and warm, and people are banging their own sisters. Uh, so there's that thing. <laughs> so there's that weird connection that George R.R. R. tied it I was, in. I was wondering where you were going with that, but, yeah, the, the incest is definitely sometimes you gotta to s- Sometimes you got to set up your own jokes, Chris, all right? <laughs> all right so here we yeah, are. Yeah. Uh, I, segment. Well, yeah, I, that's, I was giving you room to get into that, but... Yeah. Um, Next so next segment here, I wanna I wanna hit on um, hottest moment. So this is where we briefly discuss what we think is the hottest moment. Yep. Throughout the episode. Uh, so you mind you if might, I go first? Yeah. Go yeah. John Snow finds direwolves uh, in the forest. 
Uh, he finds direwolves, which are baby dogs, uh, baby wolves, I should say, and they grow up to be huge. But each Stark kid, there's enough for each Stark kid and an extra one for even Snow, who's a bastard, technically. His last name is Snow, not Stark, because in the North, when you have a bastard, which Ned Stark did, you name them Snow. Uh, that goes right. for every region. Again, that's for a different podcast. But so Jon Snow is a son of Ned Stark, technically half-brother to Arya, Sansa, Rob, all them, Bran. But uh, so they find these direwolves. Him holding a puppy direwolf, Kit Harrington, is amazing. If he just went in like a park and was like reading like a little book, and his direwolf like went up to people and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, my I'm sorry. What's your name? Hi, I'm Jon Snow." And then he like he would get so much. He, winter would be frequent for him, and. I, I um, love how your your Jon Snow accent just sounds like a Canadian. Oh, sorry. Oh, pardon. oh, excuse me. Excuse the North. I'm sorry. Excuse my maple syrup. Yeah, excuse. Oh, pardon me. Oh, and uh, my other hottest moment, and of course, number one, Daenerys Targaryen getting into that tub after the brother leaves the scene, because then she just like stays naked and is cool. Cool, you know. And you could pause there and just take a break. Yes, yeah, you, you took you took a quick five minutes to pause on that screen. I right? took yeah, I took a knee, watched the tape, watch the film. You guys gotta watch the film and get better. All right, watch, watch the study film the and tape. Get better. Study yeah. the tape. Get ready for next week. Get ready for next week. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think I think if you cut out the entire John Snow in the park with the puppy and just kind of just have that be his uh, profile picture on Tinder, I think he's just swiping yeah. right. He's getting. He, I mean, he's getting all 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 the chicks in the north. All, oh yeah. I mean, Fuck it. Expand it to 100 miles. Get the whole seven Do that pages, distance, you know? yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Get them wildlings. Uh, so my, my hottest moment, and I think it's hot for a couple reasons. Uh, Tyrion's visiting the brothel in Winterfell, and that's like his first stop because, you know, he's trying to get he's trying to get that, trying to get in that pee, you know. And, we um, all are, yep. Jamie, Jamie busts in. He's like, yo, you can't just leave me alone with all these Starks. Like, you gotta you got to hurry this up. And Tyrion's like, well, I still got like five more ticks to go. And Jamie was like, well, I knew you were gonna say that, and just opens up the door, and these chicks come running through, titties out, jump, jump on Tyrion. <laughs> Great He's scene. Just, and Tyrion's just like fully, fully spent at this point. Anyway, yeah. he just uh, got blown. He just got literally just. just got you, the scene enters with his like eyes rolling in the back of his head, and I watch it with closed captioning to learn some of the words, and it's just like slurp, slurp, and you know. When a guy is not drinking anything and his eyes are rolling and the subtitles say slurp, slurp, there's someone down south slurping and derping. <laughs> once, once we get video going with the podcast, we got we to gotta just like subtitle slurp, slurp throughout the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, slurp, slurp. And so that way if people aren't even listening, they just kind of think we're getting beaches under the table. Yep. Which is cool. It's a power move. And also, a uh, hot moment about that scene, you get a little brotherly love, too, kind of reminiscent of uh, the city of brotherly love. Yeah, you know, and to, I do to, love to, that. To I didn't grow up with brothers. I have no. I have three older sisters, never had a brother, so I never got that moment where my brother bought me four hookers. No brothers for me. Well, I mean, I'm kind of your brother. You want yeah, me to buy you you definitely, yeah, sure. You are my brother, man, in two ways. <laughs> so next <laughs> segment ways? is, yeah, two. <laughs> Did I do that? Uh, you know what it is. Uh, next segment, get George R. R. Martin a date. Uh, this is where we get George R. R. Martin. He's a little, he's a little, he looks weird. So we're going to get him a date. Chris, who's your date for George R. R. Martin? So my, I think the perfect date for, for, G, for GM, it would be uh, Snooky. You know? Ooh. Uh, Snooky from, from uh, what's the name of that show? Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. So, I mean, 
so follow me here. So George R. R. Martin, really meticulous guy, takes a long time writing stuff, goes very into detail, plans everything out. Snooki is more so the complete opposite of that. You know, she's more spontaneous, goes Beautiful. to clubs and stuff, doesn't really think about much stuff. And uh, I think, you know, what's that old saying? Opposites attract. You know, That's right, yeah. Snooki and GRRM would get along very well together. That's a good one. Mine is someone you probably do not know. It's Marie Osmond. And the reason is because it seems his show has a lot of incest in it. And Marie Osmond, uh, there's a lot of rumors about her and her brother Donnie. It was like one of those old families that sang. They were like the White Jacksons. Uh, so the Osmonds. Yeah. So Marie Osmond uh, and her brother. Those rumors. So, so let me ask you this: Why why do you assume that I don't? Really, why'd you say I probably don't know who Marie Osmond was? Do you know who Marie Osmond was? Well, no, but I. Just, All right, so I, I was right. You know, I thought that was a little presumptuous. No, nah, my li- my little birdies told yeah. me. <laughs> okay. okay. So next yeah, one of my favorite segments next, uh unnecessary titties. Ooh. So John, you want to go ahead and start us off here? Anything could be an unnecessary titty in this show. It doesn't have to be titties, but in a show on HBO, you always will find unnecessary titties, but we're just doing this for any scene that we find to be unnecessary, and for me, it's the ending sex scene with Khaleesi and Khal Drogo. I found it upsetting uh and wrong and to see Anyone with Daenerys uh, Targaryen, it upsets me violently. And I'll have it say this too: whenever Khaleesi is on screen, yeah. Well, that's again different day. But whenever Khaleesi is on screen, my TV's static is kind of like electroshock therapy for me. It basically is like stop touching me. The TV says that it shocks me a little bit, and I'm like, ooh, I gotta go sit down. It's kind of like a little taser, just to create little taser, distance. Just to create, yeah. Safe distance. Yeah, it's like tear gas, and it's just like, go sit over there. Yeah. Those are great unnecessary titties. My my unnecessary titties, and it's more so on one singular unnecessary titty, was in the Khal Drogo and, and uh, Dan- Daenerys wedding, yep. where there's this Dothraki chick just dancing and eventually ends up getting smanged, but she's just got one titty popping out. Right, and I'm like, okay, okay well, like, you what's know, the if point? Gonna, yeah, if you're gonna have the one titty out, then just kind of we'll bust out the other one or cover up the yeah. one. You know, you can't just so keep rocking. Your unnecessary titties. titties wasn't the out titty; it was the covered titty was unnecessary. Well, it could, it could be either or. I mean, it, it, yeah. either show both, either show me both of them or put both of them away. Yeah, you know, I don't need to see. Yeah. The Cyclops too. Yeah, your you know? your logic is like I'm not gonna half jerk off to this, you know. Give me both. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna edge myself here. You know, <laughs> either winter's coming or it's not. You know, you're getting, that's true. That's true. Is, are we having some accumulation or are we not? What's the deal? <laughs> I'm not. That's I'm not great. here for yeah. sleep. All right, we gotta and, get some snow on the ground. And to throw into the Khaleesi thing, the camera pan down, folks. Pay attention during the tub scene after the brothers like leaving. The camera legit just pans down to her ass for no like um, artistic reason other than to be like, check out Amelia Clark's ass. It's basically like <laughs> this is episode one. Well, imagine what awaits. <laughs> That's basically the logic behind that scene. And on to our final segment of our first. Uh, covering of season one, episode one, winter is coming again. Hopefully, we'll be uh, we'll be uh, doing more of these. That's the plan. But here is our first one: trial by combat. It's our final segment. Trial by combat is when I give Chris a show that I think he should watch because I think he'll like it better than Game of Thrones. And mine is 
First episode, Bran gets thrown out a window. Bad thing happens to a kid. I don't like when bad things happen to a kid. So I'm recommending to Chris a show where a bad thing is supposed to happen to a kid, but a man intercepts, and that is To Catch a Predator, starring Chris Hansen. Chris, you got to watch it. It's a great show. Bad things are supposed to happen to kids. The guy gets in there. He's like, hey, what's up? And then Chris Hansen pops out, and he's like, why don't you take a seat? Imagine if Chris Hansen made Lannister take a seat. seat. Yeah. Jamie, take a seat right over there. Yeah. What, what'd you plan on doing tonight? Yeah, I got this. Uh, I got this chat thread here. It's pretty graphic stuff. So, what I would say to combat to catch a predator. First of all, big fan. Haven't actually seen many episodes of the show, but I saw the highlights uh, highlight reel on YouTube. If, if listeners, if you guys haven't seen that, I highly recommend YouTubing to catch a predator. Uh, best best moments. Great stuff in there. But anyways. Um, Bran going out the window is one bad thing happening to one child as True. opposed to and to catch a predator you know there's there's multiple predators out there that don't appear in the show so I'd say you know if you're going to throw a ratio on it Chris Hansen maybe stops one out of like 50 online predators probably even more so yeah. if, you know if you're bet if you're betting one out of 50 you know it's that's, that's not, not good average yeah that's 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 not, that's not going to get you in the Hall of Fame. That's for sure. It's not even going to get the Bills paid. True. That's like a Tim Tebow. Yeah. Sort of deal there. So. And depending on your perspective, Jamie Lannister kicking Bran out the window that does eliminate one peeping Tom, and predators then cannot prey Ooh. on Bran because if he's dead, you know we don't know yet. But if he's dead, then there you go. That kid cannot be preyed on, which is awesome. Wow. All right. Well, you just yeah. you just combated yourself in that trial. Right. Well, I your your points were really resounding, uh, I think, and they were resonating with me. And I was like, he's making good. He's he's beating me uh, on that trial by combat. All right, that's fair. Next week I'll get you. And the you know the gods decide who wins. It's not yeah. me. So it's not you. Wins. It's not me. It's not even yeah. the viewers. It's the old gods, the new gods, uh, mm-hmm. and Lil B, the base god. They decide who wins, <laughs> not us. <laughs> Uh, but that was episode one, season one. Winter is coming again. We are going to be doing this weekly, bringing you uh, dissections of each episode of Game of Thrones, leading all the way up to season eight. Uh, anything else you want to add, Sims? Well, I hope I hope our first time listeners enjoyed. If you guys you know have any have any things you want to add, any constructive mm-hmm. criticism, any mailbag yep. questions, or anything, you know, we're receptive to all that. So Thrones um, related, we want you guys to participate about us. So participate mm-hmm. share uh and, and yeah if you have any questions about us about the show feel free to ask uh if you're a game of thrones fanatic and uh, want to put on a headset one day hit us up uh is that good for you chris yeah that's uh, that, oh, that was really for good for me very close to winter uh thank you guys very much and uh daenerys uh hit me up <laughs>